Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Postcast here at the Staples Center. It's the Jazz Postgame Show, radio team postgame show here on Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. David Locke along with Ron Boone. And, Ron, let's go reverse order. The storyline late in this game is going to be Dante Exum's defense. Austin Rivers tries to beat him one-on-one, force him into a crazy shot. Jamal Crawford tries to beat him one-on-one. Dante reaches in and knocks it away. Dante's defense is back at the level it was pre-ACL injury. He really is impacting games with his length and quickness. Isn't that amazing? Because we didn't think he was going to have any kind of impact till later in the year. But obviously his defense is still there. It's amazing how certain things come back and maybe never left. You know, it's the offense, your shooting, your timing on your shot, uh, your rhythm offensively. So maybe defense is something that really doesn't go away because right now you can see how uh, uh, how good of a defensive player he really is. And, you know, one thing the Jazz just have not had a lot of is one-on-one defenders. I mean, you just think of Jazz have always, particularly under Quinn, have been a very good scheme defensive team. But every now and then it just gets silly when one-on-one guys are just beating him and Dante is able to take that away. There's not many good one-on-one defenders in the league. I mean, da- obviously Dante is, is one of them. Uh, the guys that are good one-on-one uh, defensive players, they stand out. You know, Chris Paul is considered to be one. Average two steals a game last year. And a lot of that is, is experience and being able to read the defense coming up with steals, good hands, and that, that type of thing. But you can't say enough about foot speed, position defense. And a good defensive player doesn't need to block a lot of shots. Doesn't need to to come up with a lot of steals. All he needs to do is play position defense, stay in front of his man, and he can cause a lot of problems out there on the floor. That was interesting in our postgame interview with Shelvin Mack after the game. You find out what the veterans noticed. Shelvin, I'm classifying as a veteran. What did they notice? They didn't notice the two defensive plays by Dante. What they noticed was that the play before the two defensive plays, Jamal Crawford lowered his shoulder into Dante. Actually, Crawford misses this, so it's actually three plays in a row that Dante had to stop, but hits him hard in the face. Dante's really stunned by it, and Dante's reaction is to stick his nose right back in there and defend hard on the next two possessions. Yeah, you can't be soft, David. I mean, obviously you're going to get hit. I mean, some of the things, some of the plays like that you might not like. Some guys come back and try to retaliate and, and get themselves in trouble with a silly foul or, or maybe even get into a fight or something out there on the floor. But, you know, that was the case. He just, as um, Shelvin said, he just stuck his nose right back in there and, 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 uh, and, and played some solid defense. Now let's flip to the very beginning of the game and stay at the point guard position, though. I thought early in the game what we saw was the impact George Hill will have on this team. The Jazz, really, he, he matched Chris Paul early in this game. And the Jazz got kind of leadership and direction out of the point guard position we haven't seen in some time. Well, it, it, and I thought, as we, as we discussed, that his speed really picked up in this basketball game. We saw exactly well, what, what kind of pace or what kind of level of play that he wants to play at. I was impressed with his rebounding. I, I don't have his stats here from where he played with the Indiana Pacers. I don't know how many rebounds a game he averaged for a game. But he, he eight rebounds in 24 minutes here tonight. It's, it's, I think that's spectacular. Anytime you have a good rebounding guard, 
whether he's a two guard. Chris Paul's a very good rebounding guard. I think he averaged about five uh, or six rebounds or something like that, you know, from that position. So, you know, that's the kind of things that he averages for there as well. So those are the things that, David, that really stand out. When, when guys can uh, can do those things. You know, if you go back, Jerry Saloon used to always talk about it. You have to have a good rebounding guard uh, out there. All right, I've got a classic rookie moment going on here. Joel Ballenboy has come out to meet his the crowd, but he didn't change out his uniform. I've never seen this before, ever, Ron. Joel's out meeting the crowd, but he, he didn't change. Like, he's still wearing his jazz uniform, meeting with the crowd, taking pictures with the fans. <laughs> well, he's a rookie. <laughs> You'll learn. <laughs> well, maybe it's a little crowded in the locker room, and he decided, well, I come out and say hi, and then I go back in and don't have to worry about coming out afterwards. So, But he's still a rookie. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I've never seen this before, ever. That's classic. I've never seen. He's out walking around the crowd right now in the stands. So, so those who don't know how this works, so if you are a guest of a player, you get a pass, and you can sit in a certain you, – you, sit in a section of the arena to meet the players after the game and that section you know you don't sit there during the game you sit in your regular sheets and you come bring your pass and you sit in that section after it's usually right behind the basket that's where all the jazz fans are are seated right now to see their family and friends or whoever it might be jeff with his family i think is over there and and so joel ballenboy has some friends here and he's come out to visit with them he is still completely in his uniform right now which I have, as I've said, as I have never uh, seen before. Uh, the other one is Rudy Gobert continues to get open and continues to get opportunities. If you look at the box score tonight, you won't see it really. It was just four of six. But early in this game, he really had a, an impact and was available catching the ball and making plays around the rim. It's going to be very important for him to catch the basketball in traffic, and hopefully that's something that he – uh, worked on over the summer. I know he spent a lot of time in Santa Barbara. Whenever he was in town, uh, he was working with the big big man coach and and catching the basketball in traffic is going to be very important for him with the kind of offense that they the Jazz want to run. You saw that in that first quarter, uh, especially when when George Hill was really picking things up and he was much faster out there on the floor than we've seen you know in the, in the previous two uh, preseason games. So that's going to give Rudy a chance to score in the paint, score up above the rim. But catching the basketball is going to be very important for him. You know, the other one is without Gordon Hayward here for a little bit of time, it's going to take the Jazz. Rodney Hood is going to have to carry the offensive load tonight. He did that, uh, particularly in the third quarter of this game. He finished with 17 to lead the way. And this is going to be a huge burden on Rodney. If you remember Rod, as good as he was last year, he still had more games where he scored nine or fewer, many more games where he scored nine or fewer than more than, than scored 20 or more. Um, and so the consistency that they're going to ask out of him coming forward is something he has not had to do before. He, he has not, and hopefully he's ready for it this year. I, I don't know if he hit a, a, a wall last season where he just lost his confidence in his shot or maybe he was trying too hard. I mean, there's stretches during the course of a year where every player will struggle a little bit. But he has lasted a little longer than, than, you, would, than you expected it. But this year, I have the confidence that he's, he's going he's gonna to get it done, especially if he gets the chance to, you know, play with the basketball four, five, six seconds off the dribble. He'll get to his spot, and that's when he's very, very good. Jazz used a lot of different rotations. We saw them go smaller in this game than we've seen them for a while. Trey Lyles played some center. Joe Ingles and Joe Johnson played four. So we saw the Jazz get a bit smaller in this game. 
uh, than we've seen. The one disconcerting thing, Ron, that is continuing throughout this camp, and the kind of first two nights I didn't bother me, um, I, I kind of, I think, mentioned at the end of postcast, wasn't really worried about it, is the lack of three-point shooting. Uh, tonight, the, they will go 2 of 14 from 3. I'm as bothered by the 14 as I am by the 2. They're just not getting enough attempts up. Uh, they only took 20% of their shots tonight as 3-point shots. And let me put that in comparison. If they were to do that for a season, only two teams in the NBA, Sam Mitchell's Minnesota Timberwolves and Jason Kidd's Milwaukee Bucks last year took fewer than 20% of their shots from three. Why is this team not getting, nonetheless not making them? Why are they not getting any looks? You know, it's, it's puzzling to me there as well. Now, if Gordon was here, that's probably a good six, maybe three-point shot attempts a game. But uh, it, it's kind of puzzling. The offense that they're run, I mean, you're screening, you're going away, um, you're, you, you have um, a lot of pick and rolls are being set. So I get the feeling that, you know, the dribble drive kick to a three-point shot is something they have to improve on, or maybe the transition three. And, and, and I think the latter is probably what's going to help them out the most. But I agree with you. If, this, if, if the league is going that direction and you have to work as hard with, with two-pointers in order to win a basketball game and only score 96 points a ball game, uh, the Clippers averaged 104 last year. The Jazz averaged, what, 195. And, and that was um, one of the lowest, if not the that's second lowest in the league, right? To, to, uh, maybe to Milwaukee. Uh, they're going to have to score more points than that in order to win basketball games. Well, Jazz tonight, the Clippers hit 10 threes. The Jazz hit two. It makes It's pretty remarkable to but win the took, game. But they took 27, too. You know, and, and, you know, if you think 30 is going to be the average. Well, they took 36% of their shots tonight were threes, which is, yeah. which is high for uh, – but, you know what, if you look at the Clippers last year, they were eighth in the league, and they – in three-point shots, amount of percentage shots, they shook 32.5% of their shots last year's three, so that's not that outrageous. Yeah, it's not that outrageous for them, you know, so that means the Jazz have a long way to go as far as uh, three-point shot attempts. Well, it'll be the first question of my coach's show on Wednesday, and I'm sure it'll be received well. Stay tuned for that fun and excitement on the pregame show on Wednesday. On behalf of Ron, by the way, I do want to tip the hat. Chris Johnson just continues to battle. Like, I just love the kid. You know, he's... It seems very unlikely he's going to make this roster. The math is against him, and yet he gets a break in the fourth quarter, and he plays 12 minutes. He gets seven rebounds and scores eight points in the fourth quarter of this game and really won the game for the Jazz tonight. He deserves a huge amount of praise. Quincy Ford didn't come out in his uniform. Why did Joel? Oh, I don't know. All right. Rookie moves, preseason fun. This has been Postcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Paul. Verizon has been placing giant letters all over the country to get people to buy into their unlimited plan. Don't get hooked. Switch to Sprint Unlimited, $22.50 per month per line for four lines and get the fifth line free. Hurry to your local Sprint store, visit Sprint.com slash unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Savings until 1031.18 and $38 per line per month for five lines with auto pay. Excludes taxes, surcharges, roaming streams, you KHC 1080p, music to 1.5 megabits per second, gaming up to 8 megabits per second, subject to credit, $30 activation fee, prohibited network use, tools, and data deprioritization apply compared to Verizon Beyond Unlimited. Carry features differ, coverage, and offer not everywhere. Restrictions apply.